You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book so you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to Not Your Grandmother's Book Club Podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because... One cannot stain their hands with the blood of a god and remain unchanged! My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, the real inspiration for Steely Dan's band name. Benedict! Sure. What's one novelty food product you were pleasantly surprised by, and one that you were disappointed in? Oof. Uh... I feel like the... I don't really know. I can give you one that I was disappointed in, which is the uh, Every Flavor Jelly Beans. What? The Birdie Bots? Birdie Bots? Whatever it was? Every Flavor Beans? Yeah, disgusting. I love those. I love those. I thought they were fun. They they didn't taste that disgusting. The vomit uh, one did. uh, It was like acidic. I don't know. It wasn't all that bad. But there's some good ones in there. There was... yeah, I don't know. I, I like my jelly bellies. I'm a fan. Yeah, I, ju- I fan. just don't really like jelly beans. Um, I don't know. What are other novelty food products? I'm not I'm yeah, not. No, 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 you know, maybe something from a convenience store. Just something that, you know, you thought, oh, I'll try this out. Something you hadn't had before. Something that's not the regular. No. Sorry, this isn't, this isn't very good well, of me. I like... You're a terrible broadcaster. I, yeah, and you'll, I, you'll I just, burn in fire forever <laughs> for it. So I, 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 I just I don't I don't really go in for for snacks <laughs> like that. I guess. What about you? I'm Come the on, snacker of the yeah, group. I know. Yeah, it's all me. <laughs> well, Ben, it should not surprise you that I came up with my question based off of uh, my based off of thoughts that you had today with, with some products. No, not today. Uh, recently, though. Uh, so one that I was pleasantly surprised by. Um, I I have my big water bottle, which you see from time to time do, yeah. uh, that I like to take a drink out of and uh, I am uh, a caffeine addict so mm. <laughs> rather than just plain water I uh, I do those Mio energy um, the water flavoring stuff because yeah, it yeah, has yeah. caffeine in it and recently I was like I've just been doing those for so long I should try like there are different brands out there I should try something different and I got one and it was icy flavor Ooh. it was the blue raspberry icy and I'll be damned if it doesn't taste exactly like a blue raspberry icy well, so i was to, surely i mean that's... well no but like it was zero sh- you know sugar free and whatnot and so i was like you know they all have a little bit of a weird aftertaste usually and they're not quite there but this one it is dead on it tastes just like an icy okay. like i cannot tell you how exact that flavor is that's it's good. on point all right and i was very excited very surprised okay that what's, it, what's when you were disappointed by what it? i was disappointed in is the wrap snacks brand hot chicken ramen cup okay 
which uh, I'm a connoisseur uh-huh. of various flavors of famously, ramen. Famously. Uh, <laughs> I like my ramen. I was at the store. I was like, oh, I haven't seen this before. I, this is spicy chicken. Sounds good. Um, no, it's it's a no-go. Uh, it, it tastes very much chemical and, and not at all enjoyable uh, in the slightest. I cannot recommend the Wrap Snacks Hot Chicken Flavored Ramen Cup. That it's seems, not, it seems right to me. Not on the list there. But anyway. Oh, you know what I did have? I had the, yeah. um, the you know, have you seen Parasite? Uh, the movie, yeah, the yeah. Korean movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in that, they make uh, this thing called Ramdon, which is actually mm-hmm. chapaguri. I made mm-hmm. that, and it was really good. Okay, but that's not a novelty product. No, it's but it's a mix of two different writers, chapaghetti and uh, yeah. neoguri. Like it's a, okay. it's a thing I wouldn't have heard of if not for the movie. So yeah, but that's just because like neoguri is bomb. That, yeah, that's I best. mean neoguri is really good, but also oh, yeah. who would have thought to mix it with chapaghetti? <laughs> not me. Plenty of people, by the yeah, way. I mean, most anyway, of Asia. Yeah, yeah. They got their ramen game way better than us. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Benedict, you probably know, but the listeners may not, uh, what exactly it is that we do here on this program. That's all we ever seem to talk about is food. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would say to them that this is the program where we go deep, 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 into the bottom of the beer stein of conservatism, seeking the little floaties that you kind of think are probably backwash, but you really hope aren't. You just sort of assume for your own mental sanity that they're probably just that little bit that's left in the bottom of the bottle or the keg sometimes when it gets near the end Ew. of right-wing thought. Mm. That is what we do here on this program. Benedict. Yes. You sound unsatisfied, but do you have a hot take for us I, this I, week? I, Kevin's making me record while sick, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And that's uh, okay. And uh, my, uh, <laughs> my hot take is kind of related to that. Uh, in the sense that, in the same way that Kevin's uh, question was inspired by his experiences, my hot take is that people should not travel during the pandemic unless it is absolutely necessary. Because should not travel, period. Well, yeah, but I I uh, broke this rule and traveled. Ben, here's visit. what you should do. Pick a place to live, never go further than six blocks from there. Yeah. Boom, Vi- done. I went, no I went to, to visit my family for the first time in two years or something. And it was so stressful because every minute you're like, hey, what if on one of these tests oh. I test positive and then all the hotels are like, fuck you, you can't stay here. And then all the airlines are like, fuck you, you can't fly with us. <laughs> and then what if I start feeling a tiny bit sick, as I have now, and it's COVID or it's not COVID or whatever. Just don't travel, folks. It's bad for you. Well, to, to, be, uh, to help you, help your mental sanity, mm. uh, I am pretty sure that stuffy nose is not a COVID symptom. Yeah, so I, no, I, I think, think you're, you're right. right. But I'd rather not have any symptoms. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, I agree. The the common cold is the worst thing that can I haven't, happen to you. I haven't American been man. I yes. haven't been sick for like a year and a half because of <laughs> I being know because the has been so, so great. It's been so great. So I don't know how this happened. And I, I'd like to make a complaint. Uh, we're all gonna just have the constant sniffles as soon as this all is yeah, over. Yeah, definitely. What about you? Anyways, What's your my hot, hot take, take this week. My hot take, Benedict, is that two weeks is too long. Uh, you've been gone. For two yeah. weeks. And and that's gone. left me completely isolated and alone in a city where I know no one. Kevin has no And the friends. only thing I ever do is go to the gym oh. where I have my headphones in and stay away from other people. Yeah. Uh, and, and it did lead to a little bit of self-reflection in mm-hmm. the sense that 
I love doing this show. I really love doing this show. Like the tagline is we read them so you don't have to. It really is we read them because I really want to. Yeah, this is Kevin's thing. (laughs) Because I I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not excited (laughs) to be here ever. Well, you know, it's an opportunity for me to to do all this work that I love, digging into these topics nobody cares about but me, it seems, uh, and then sit down and record with my best friend for an hour a week. Aww. So it's a lot of fun. I did miss you. I wanted to get that out there. I That's wanted to be a little nice. bit nice to you since I called you a steampunk dildo in my joke for you this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's st- Steely Google Dan. Steely Dan. Yeah, Just I, Google Steely fine. Dan, people. I got you. Just Google it. And then, you know, Google naked lunch. Do what you got to do. Um, but, um, yeah, it's my hot take. I really love doing this show. Um, you know, we don't have a huge audience. I'd continue doing it if we had nobody listening. Because I love doing this. And I want to keep doing it forever. Oh, that's nice. Mushy stuff out of the way. Benedict, what's on your bookshelf this week? Uh, I, uh, I got a bit back into mystery novels while I was away. Ooh. So I, uh, those, I, those I, travel paperbacks. Yeah, I got a, a cheeky little Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie. The, uh, the 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 uh, godmother of mystery novels. So it's a, you had to pick. You had to pick a Christie novel. Yeah, like yeah. N- nothing more recent than that. No, I love an Agatha yeah. Christie novel. Um, sure, it's fine. It's, yeah. it's one of the less racist ones. So that's good. <laughs> um, that is a constant problem you run into when yeah. reading older authors. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, it's, oh no. Oh no, I forgot. She was alive during segregation. Uh, she, okay. Yeah, no, she, I mean, she was very much alive before <laughs> segregation. Well, before I mean, it. Before. Oh, no, she was before it. Before it. Well, during, yeah. Before and. Well, not before, but like before people were. Yeah. Fight, yeah. yeah. She was alive at a bad time. She was alive at a bad time. She was alive at a bad time. But at least she was English. Because that's better. Sure. Right? Sure. She yeah. was alive during British colonialism, the peak of oh, British Hercule colonialism. Oh, Hercule Poirot, you <laughs> cheeky racist bastard. Yeah, that's, well, Hercule Poirot. Anyway, what about you? What's on your bookshelf? My bookshelf this week, Benedict, I am suggesting that our listeners go check out another John Ronson pick. I've been talking about him a lot the last couple of weeks because I've been reading, uh, you know, his, his couple of big books that he put out. Them, I'm recommending this week, which yeah. is my favorite of the John Ronson books for obvious reason. Uh, it's the one where he went and spent time with a bunch of extremists oh, uh, like Omar Bakri. Uh, he spent time with Alex Jones. He spent time with a leader of the Klan. He spent uh, time with the Weaver family or those that survived the standoff um, at uh, Ruby Ridge and, and all these sorts of people. I don't think and I read I find that one. It, It's fascinating. It's really outstanding. I think it was his first big one. It was the first one that that uh, really got out there and made it big. It's the one where he actually went with Alex Jones to uh, Bohemian Grove. In, oh, okay, uh, yeah, 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 and like Alex Jones's description is insane, and Ronson's just like, yeah, it's a bunch of drunk rich people in the woods doing a weird ceremony. It makes them feel good. Yeah, it's it's outstanding. I love it so much. And I've said before, like, the problem I have with Ronson is he has this detachment, and he's too fair to his subjects a lot of the time. Mm. I think, and it, it makes him almost get on the side of believing them and agreeing with them in some ways, or at least that's the way it comes off. Uh, even though he's walking around with a bunch of blatant anti-Semites and he is a Jewish man, mm. it's like he do- he does write about how strange it is to be hanging out with them and agreeing with them on some things, all this weird stuff. It's a fantastic book. You should definitely go check it out if you haven't read it already. And if you're listening to this show, you probably like the same weird stuff that I do. So Them by John Ronson, fantastic book. Anyways, Benedict, on to housekeeping this week. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at NYGBCPod. And uh, look, Benedict has been having a hard time uh, with me 
doing this bit on the show where I pretend that something bad has happened uh, in his life, where someone has denied him service or insulted him uh, because he doesn't have enough stars on iTunes. And, and, and to that I will say, it is the listener's fault that we don't have enough stars. Yeah, that's true. On iTunes. That's true. People need to get on that. So to you, the listeners, I will say, this week you are being denied service by mm. pick a random thing. Because we do not have enough stars on iTunes. Well, Benedict, all that out of the way. I tried to make it through it as quick as I could. Thank but you. We like to ramble. Uh, we have this week. I know we said before that when you returned, we would be doing our introduction to the new book by William F. Buckley. Folks, that was a lie. We lied to you. Absolutely. We lie all the time. My name's not even Kevin. It's <laughs> Stephen. No. Uh, but we will be getting to that next week i promise you we'll absolutely be doing it next i week. like but that you were like my name's not kevin it's a name that's very similar to kevin <laughs> how many how many names end with en how many names yeah. uh but what we decided to do this week which by the way means what i decided and told benedict we'd be doing this week uh is instead of that we will be doing the final of our reviews of glenn beck's puppet master we will be doing the final edition we're going to watch the entire last day with some omissions uh and we're just going to be done with it because this was so much it was such intensive work and when i sat down to watch the videos of day three of his presentation i found out there is fucking nothing there he literally just spends an hour of his program saying absolutely nothing, providing nothing new, recapping over and over again, repeating what he's already said, playing the same exact clips he's already played, and does absolutely nothing new. So I thought, let's just get it done. Let's get it out of the way and be done with Glenn Beck. And I think in a way, um, I, I know normally I try to give you a, a treat at the end, normally, I don't really have a treat for you oh, at the end of the episode no. this week because there, it just doesn't end with with a funny video like he's done for us in the past. But there is a tiny bit of a treat in one of the final things he says, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But Benedict, why don't we just jump right in and start off with the first portion of day three of Glenn Beck's terrible, 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 terrible report. Let's do it. Puppet Master on George Soros. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Tonight, mm. part three in our three-part series part, on the puppet One quest, quick question. Was this show just called the Glenn Beck Program? Yes, it was just That's, the Glenn Beck Program. That is a terrible <laughs> name for a show. The, the uh, logo of the Glenn Beck Program, by the way, is just a giant G and a B. It's just cool. because it's all about him. We talked before, I think, in the past about how much his career really is all about him. Uh -huh. He just wants the fame and the rep recognition and all of that. Uh, and I think we're going to see some things in tonight's show that really do show in a much more uh, severe light how mm. much it really is. Okay, let's get that him. harsh light on him. Let's do it. Let's go. Master George Soros. Last night, you saw the sheer size of this one man's influence. No, we didn't. It is breathtaking. He has brought entire regimes and currencies down to the ground in flames. How many do you think he's going to say this time? Seven. Ooh, he's gonna, you're, you're going to go with the, uh, the upper number. All yeah. right, all right. You're going over. If you don't understand where America is heading, you will after tonight. And if you think it doesn't matter, well, this is the wrong show for you. Ooh. I want you to know and remember. He's not, by the way, I should say, he's not going to say the number right away, but he okay. will get to it okay. <laughs> eventually. All right. 
Remember this. In these last three episodes, I'm not making claims. I'm not asking questions. Do your own research. My I'm cousin in Trinidad has big balls. Statements of fact. What I'm telling you is watch George Soros in his own words. So he's just said he's not doing anything. Yeah. He's not making claims, assertions. I'm not, he's not, I'm not a touching fact. your face. I'm he's not my finger's questions. just here. I'm not poking you. I'm not poking you. My finger's just yeah. right by your face. That's really some horse shit. Yeah. Where is the country headed, George Soros? The question is whether we need, and whether Mr. Soros and his foundations can help to bring more foreign influence into the United States instead of relying on what is essentially a balance between Democrats and conservative Republicans. I think you put Cut. your finger on a very important uh, 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 flaw in the current world order, and, and that is that only Americans have a vote in Congress, and yet it is the United States that basically determines policy for the world. That is a, 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 a flaw. Here comes the in, UN round again. Okay, so a, a uh, all that humming was not me. Okay, that was as far as I can tell. That was actually on Glenn's show. Oh, okay. Ah. Uh, and it's not the only video of the night that's going to do that. So I have to imagine there's something fucking wrong with their soundboard mm. because that makes no sense because one of the videos that he plays later has that hum. I went, it's the, uh, the, uh, 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 interview he did with Charlie Rose. The video that's on YouTube does not have that hum. Okay, so, so this is a problem with his production, All right. but Benedict, I will say before we hear what Glenn has to say about that, uh, that the video he just played is a C-SPAN clip. Yep. And on the bottom of the screen, what it says is Bush administration foreign policy. Now let's hear what Glenn thinks that was about. Okay. It's a problem for him that people in China or France don't get a vote. Find out who sits in Congress. No. No, and that's not no. at all what he was fucking no. talking about. No. You idiot. No. Seriously, how can you imagine that that was the point of what he was talking yeah, about? So I, mean, I said cut. Like, America sets the agenda, right? That's the point. Like, it's, yes. Uh, it's, and then, but only Americans get to vote for who is in Congress. He's at an event about foreign policy being asked a question by someone in the audience. That who's, that's who that first voice was. And then yep. I said cut because the video was cut. And so I don't, I couldn't find that one. I don't know what was in between could be nothing, could be something, but I, I am very, I'm not going to give Glenn the benefit of the doubt, That's given what fair. we've seen him do uh, with cutting audio uh, so far on this program. Uh, but it, it's obviously talking about international issues. And the point that that guy, that George Soros was making is not, oh, we need to allow Chinese citizens to vote in American elections. He was talking about the point that the U.S. is driving unilateral foreign policy yeah. all on its own without any foreign input. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, or, or even, I mean, exactly, like the U.S. sets the agenda, but only Americans get to vote for what the U.S. does. Right, and it has ramifications for the entire yeah, world. Exactly. It's, it's so, but he's not it's suggesting so giving everyone a vote. He's suggesting creating a U.N.-type body. I think he's even just suggesting that the U.S. listen to its own allies. That's really what I yeah, think he was suggesting. Fair, yeah. So this this was during the Bush administration, remember? Uh, Bush administration foreign policy. That's what was on the C-SPAN screen. So that's the, the context of the time frame. So we're talking, you know, Iraq war. 
That's what we're talking about in that situation. That's it's very clear what he was actually saying. But Glenn, that's that's just pathetic. That's yeah. just fucking pathetic. Is it for you? You need to make a choice. Mr. Soros has made his choice. I have made mine. Tonight, you decide. Okay. And that's the end of the first segment. Right. <laughs> All right. So we started off the show on a great note. We had one really pathetic attempt at distortion there, which, to be fair, his listeners probably went right along with. Um, you know, because they want to believe that that's the case. They want to believe Glenn Beck. So I, I think they probably didn't. Nobody was questioning it. Nobody yep. questioned this. That makes sense. All right. Let's start video number two. This is after the commercial break. Here we go. Hello, America, and Hello, happy Glenn. Veterans Day. Ooh. Veterans. Big day for and this one. Marcus Luttrell. I'm thinking about you today. You brought up Marcus Luttrell, um, the lone survivor guy. Thank you for everything that you have. By the way, Marcus Luttrell apparently now works for Glenn Beck. Okay. He hosts some sort of show on The Blaze. I don't know. Done. Thank you. All of the spouses that struggle and struggle hard for our freedom. For our freedom to be able to say the things that we mean and mean the say things that we say. <laughs> for our what the fuck does that mean? I mean, I know what nothing. it means, but all right, Dr. Zoyce, <laughs> let's go. Like, come on. Freedom. To be able to speak against or speak about the most powerful people in the world and not be crushed because you're the little guy. Okay, I'm sorry, but that is not the, the doing of some soldier dude's spouse. Like... <laughs> Well, okay, I see where you're going I know, there. I thought you, I, know, I thought you were going to go with the point that Glenn Beck is not the little guy. Yeah, no, like, I know, but I know you know what you mean. Like he's he's the there little th guy from his prime he, time news thanking, show on Fox. He's there thanking veteran spouses for his ability to criticize yeah, George Soros on Fox News. Yeah, that's just the usual thing. That that's the it's usual bollocks. thing. You know, Mode thanking the troops for freedom, and you know every politician does that. You know, Glenn's Glenn's a politician. In the sense that he's a propagandist. Yeah. Yeah. He is a politician in the sense that he is very much just a propagandist. He's he's not a journalist. He's not a commentator. He's a propagandist. We've seen the propaganda he's put out on this show. The distortions. The fucking, uh, you know, calm lies. When you omit things in order to see, make something seem like what it isn't, it's a lie. Yeah. And that's what he's done with the majority of the quotes he's used throughout this show. That's what America is about, to have a difference of opinion. And as George Washington said, meet on the battlefield of ideas. Oh, God. Really ahead of Dave Rubin. Tonight, the part three. Part three on George Soros. Um, I'm going to recap, give you a little bit of new information here. I'm going to recap in the next 10 minutes. And then I'm going to ask you for your decision. These are things that you have to ponder. You, you, have to, you can't just take my word for it. You have to decide. We Am did. I going to look into this more on I my did. own? Am I going to educate myself? I did. Or am I just going to put Here myself, my head back in the sand and say, no, 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 it's all fine, it's all fine, it's That's all fine. That's what your listeners did. Because yep. there is a choice. Yep, yep, yep. Who is George Soros? Oh, my God, again? And is he involved Dripping in the changes in our country? And it yes, in some sense, but he is not the puppet master. 
of course he's involved. He's an American citizen who tries to get things he likes to move forward by giving his money to causes he promotes. You know, like, the more I've looked into George Soros, the more I've been like, he's actually a pretty good guy. I actually kind of like this guy. Like, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, opposition to billionaires existing, but, you know, if we had a world where, like, okay, you have to pick five billionaires that are allowed to exist, eh, Soros would be on the list. <laughs> Soros would make it. He'd be one of them. Probably, yeah. We get to eat the rest, you know. <laughs> and if he is, and if he's using his money to greatly influence our country. Yes, and that's why his don't right I know to do so. It. Yeah, as old. And do I agree yeah. with him? Okay, and, but then there he says, why don't I know about it? Yeah. On a show where he has played extensively clips of him speaking in public. Yeah, public. To very public yeah. figures. Exactly. He has quoted from books that he has written and interviews he has given. Uh, and... Uh, it's ridiculous. And he, it, it's not that he's doing things that people don't know about. It's that he's not doing the things that Glenn claims he is. Yeah. He's not running a shadow government, right? The pathetic uh, attempt at claiming, like, he comes back to it at some point. I don't know if we're going to see it because I'm leaving one video out today um, because it's just full of nothing. But he brings up the shadow caucuses again, right? Or the the shadow, was it primaries or shadow conventions, yeah, shadow whatever conventions. it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as though that matters. It's just pathetic. Maybe you do. George Soros had a rough childhood. He was born in Hungary in 1930. Not the place you wanted to be in 1930. I think what's happening here on today, a lot of this, is attempting to blunt how horrible what he did over the previous two days was. Yeah, So maybe. He's, he's pretending now to have a little bit more sympathy for what Soros went through as a child. Um, and he's going to talk about the, the you know, World War II stuff again, the Nazi stuff again. Especially if you were a Jew. His mother... Don't... Don't was wildly anti-Semitic. Again, again, for anybody who is crying, you know, oh, the there's some sort of anti-Semitic attack from George Soros. By the way, I Why think is one of Kermit the, only the frog? Accents, yes, yeah. I was going to say, one of the only accents he has is Kermit. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right. Uh, we talked about that quote before, right? The uh, yeah, My mother yeah. was anti-Semitic. He meant it in a very different context than Glenn. Yeah. Yes, he meant it in the sense of not wanting to be perceived as a Jew in a world that was very anti-Semitic. It's very different than what Glenn is trying to portray it as because Glenn is using it and some of the stuff he's going to say here in a moment to try and uh, make the argument through implication, although never saying it out loud, that George Soros is himself an anti-Semite, you know. No, it's not. I'm not calling his mother an anti-Semite. George Soros did. <laughs> Those are his words, not mine. <laughs> Quote, my mother was quite anti-Semitic and ashamed of being Jewish. Given the culture in which we lived, being Jewish was a clear-cut stigma, disadvantage, a handicap, and therefore, she always had the desire to transcend it, to escape it. Yep, that means something that very different than you're trying to say it does. Yep. Powerful in a child's life. Both of his parents were non-practicing Jews. His real family name was not Soros, it was Schwartz. But what would you do? If you lived in Hungary in the 1930s and 40s. I'm pretty sure I know what Glenn would do. I'm pretty fucking sure I know what Glenn would do. Yeah. Would you keep the name Schwartz? When Hold George on. was One six. Sec. Okay. Schwartz is just a German name. 
meaning uh-huh. black. Black, yeah. Like that's yep. not. It's not like a well, Jewish name. No, well, it is a, a name that even though it comes from like you know those those areas, I think they actually I think they were originally from Russia, um, but it is a, a sort of prototypical Jewish last name. Um, I don't know the etymology. I didn't bother to look it up, but he's gonna say something that you're gonna enjoy very much. No. Six years old, the family changed the name from Schwartz to Soros. Now, at first, it just makes sense on the surface because you're like, okay, well, of course, they're trying to stay alive. They were madmen rounding Jews up. But when you look at the name Soros, it's an obscure name. What does it mean? Where did it come from? Well, it means to soar. What? But more importantly, it derives from Esperanto, which is a made-up trans-European language. It was started, I think, in the 1880s. Well, and it was promoted it by Esperanto, those who dreamt right, of time. a world free. Yes, remember he said it wrong. Esperanza. Last time. Last time, yeah. Esperanza. Jesus. <laughs> that was a, that was outstanding. So uh, yes, he's going to argue that uh, Soros is father, and by implication, Soros is a globalist because they like Esperanza. And by the way, going back to this, um, so he's just going with the same old, you know, globalist is the, you know. When people say globalist, uh, no, Alex Jones isn't talking about the Jews, I would point to stuff like this. Like, you're saying, uh, you know, George Soros' father, he's about opening up the society, no borders, this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're pointing it at an old Jewish man who's surviving the Holocaust. And by the way, because all this came up again, I looked deeper into what happened with Soros and his family during the Holocaust um, and found out that, in fact, his father's a fucking hero. Uh, his father, Tibidar, was a lawyer, and he did run a Esperanto uh, language newsletter uh, in Hungary. I think he was just like an enthusiast of Esperanto. He really thought it was cool, yeah. uh, and he was a lawyer. Um, so he got that's how he was able to make these fake documents for his son and his rest of his family and then send them off in different places to go survive. Um, he also did that for other people, other Jews who were trying to hide from the fucking Nazis. He was a fucking hero. How dare you, Glenn Beck? How dare you try and smear him as a globalist because he likes Esperanto? Also, Go fuck yourself. Globalist, not a smear. Shouldn't no, be. Well, it is to Glenn Beck. No, and I know, like but him. you know what I mean. But here's the other thing. Um, so there's this uh, one of the things that a lot of the fucking assholes who try and smear Soros as a Nazi will point to is the fact that uh, when he was 13, he worked for the Jewish Council. Uh, in uh, Hungary, and he was uh, going around delivering messages to Jews. They were the summonses for them to go be transported and taken off for the Holocaust. Um, Well, here's the thing. Uh, Soros was doing that, Uh, and the reason why he was doing that is because Jewish children weren't allowed to go to school at that time. They were all Mm. forced to be part of the Jewish council. But what happened was Soros' father saw the summonses when Soros started doing this and told him, Go and deliver the summonses, but tell the people that if they report, they will be deported and they will be killed. So he would tell people, this is, I have to give this to you. You should fucking run. Yeah. They were fucking heroes. How dare you, Glenn? You fucking asshole. I'm so mad at him for this. I'm really fucking mad. There's a a book that uh, Soros' father wrote. I think it was called Masquerade that I really wanted to read. It's not available for free and... I didn't want to spend money on it, but um, about that time and everything that was going on. But this is just so fucking gross. It's really disgusting. And I want to drive that home. 
how fucking gross this is, especially when we get into the parts of this program where Glenn Beck starts talking about how, how much he loves the Jews and Soros obviously hates them all. Mm. It's going to be real fun. Free of nationalities. Get it? A world get it? free what? of nationalities. He's talking about the Esperanto thing. No, I know, but so? Yeah, yeah, really, so what? It's an open society. His father was very much into this. That's how they picked the name Soros. So when George Soros was 14, his father basically bribed a government official to take his son in and let him pretend to be a Christian. His father was just trying to keep him alive. He even had to go around confiscating the property of Jewish people. Now imagine you are Jewish and you have to go and confiscate the property of your fellow Jews. And you are pretending to not be a Jew. And if anybody finds out, you're dead. Hmm. He actually had to endure watching people sent off to their eventual murders. Watching people, gathering their stuff, sending them off, knowing that they were going to go to their death. So that's just that's, a fucking uh, lie. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the only times he would go with uh, this uh, fake godfather is after people had already been deported to inventory property. Uh, he was not, in, this is, you know, it's part of the smear to try and claim he had more uh, contact with this than he actually did. Um, it's gross. It's really gross. What does that do to somebody? How do you deal with it? How many years of therapy would somebody need after something like that? This is where George, I think this is important. I think this, this is where George Soros first learned to pretend to be something other than who he was. He had to. I am not blaming or questioning a 14-year-old or his parents yes, you are. for yes, trying you to are. keep him alive, you trying to keep the are. family alive. I don't think anyone can understand what it must have been like to be Jewish in that scenario. Can you? Especially 14. I don't want to question the 14-year-old. Yeah, but you do. I would, however, and you are blaming like to the, question the 80-year-old man who has never actions. once yeah, said exactly. he regretted it. But oh my more God, than what that, a liar. He views it as the happiest year of his life. For fuck's sake. Again. Not my words. Is this just the same show? Let this play. Let this play. It was actually probably the happiest year of my life, that year of German occupation. For me, it Cut. was a very positive experience. It's a, a strange thing, you know, because you see incredible suffering around you, and, and in fact, you are you are in considerable danger uh, yourself. But you're 14 years old, and you don't believe that it can actually touch you. You have a belief in yourself, your belief in your father. It's a very uh, happy-making, exhilarating experience. So, I, I, I just gonna, I'm gonna say cut whenever there's an obvious cut in the video. And for, okay. you know, to his credit, they did do like a flash on the screen, because he's playing video this time, not just audio, okay. uh, and show that it goes from point A to point B. Uh, but we're gonna listen to the whole portion and see what he left out there. Starting with the bit immediately before what Soros started saying. So here it is. And uh, it notice was also no hum. Strange experience for me because it was actually probably the happiest year of my life, that year of German occupation. Because for a 14-year-old kid to have an adventure, 
first of all, I had a father who understood what's going on. He, had, he, he, we were confront, confronted by unspeakable evil. It's like a David and Goliath fight, and you are on the side of the angel, and you actually prevail mm. by surviving. So it's a, it was a, for me, it was a very positive experience. It's a, a strange thing, you know, because you see incredible suffering around you. So you see he left out that middle portion there, and I think for two reasons. One, he brings up his father again, which yeah. if he had left in would have shown, and I will say, right, he has an hour-long show. He can't play all clips in their entirety. No, but, but you can choose what you Every play. time we see him doing this with clips, there seems to be a very clear reason for it. And some of them are just fucking obvious, right, yeah. when he's stuff we've, we've done gone over in the past. But I think, for one, it's it, it was additional talk about his father and how his father relates to the fact that he was happy during this time. He knew what his father was doing and how great it was. And the other, I think, and this is, this is a little more iffy, is the reference to David and Goliath. And I think because what Glenn Beck is trying to do is smear Soros as an anti-Semite, the reference to a story from the Old Testament cuts against that a little bit. Yeah, it's also just very obvious that his him saying it was the happiest time of his life is because he survived. Yeah, yeah so very he's much like, so. We, we beat the big bad machine and that made me really happy yep. on a yep. personal level. Yeah, but let's hear how Glenn takes it. Yeah, not well, I'd imagine. I don't think I've ever heard anybody describe the Holocaust years like that. Maybe he's the most healthy man uh, man uh, you've ever met. Maybe some. Maybe he fucking is. Maybe he very much fucking is. Yep. Or maybe he has coped with it. It's just this is this is fucking pathetic mm -hmm. because the implication Glenn is trying to make is he enjoyed sending those Jews off to the gas chamber. That's yeah. what Glenn is trying to imply there. And it's gross. Somehow or another, he just got through it. But he also has spoken about how, how his experience in Hungary has affected his psyche. Listen to this. Did anybody tell you in Hungary why they didn't like Jews at the time? Oh, yes. And it, that, of course, is something, again, very, very... Uh, there has to much be something wrong. a part of my yeah, psyche, uh, anti-Semitism, uh, and, and uh, you know, a, a hatred of Jews, which was quite widespread within Hungary, even to his own home. I mean, I would love to. So what? Yeah, that was my first reaction. Right? That was my first reaction. That doesn't what, make sense. What Soros talked about there was he was asked about how people felt about Jews. And, and he was like, yes, there was anti-Semitism in Hungary. Yeah. And I, and I think just it. because if you were to read that on a page, it would read like anti-Semitism was part of my psyche. It would read like, I think Glenn is trying to portray it as though Soros is saying, I am an anti-Semite. Yeah. I, I it, It's very obvious if you just listen to it, that's not what's going on there, but... Then he brings up the mother again. I can only imagine it's further part of the attempt to imply that Soros hates Jews. That's all I can. That's all I can assume from it. Love to spend an hour. He's not going to come on in this program and spend an hour with me. Um, and we'd have bigger fish to fry on this. But I would love to understand how it affected his psyche having his mother basically agree. Apparently, I don't mean to judge um, with the Germans. No. She fucking didn't. To say that is to say that Soros' mother 
wanted to be sent to a gas chamber. That's yeah. fucking disgusting. You should go jump off a short pier, Glenn. <laughs> you, God, I'm, this really is, it's so it's disgusting. Gross. Yeah, it's gross. On hatred of Jews being anti-Semitic in his own home. How, how has he navigated that? I'm not going to spend the time. I have invited George Soros to come on this program. He has declined. Yeah, we have bigger course. fish to fry. Like, how does he view the world? But it sure would be interesting to explore how this affected his feelings on Israel, Ugh. which he does not support. He, he donates so much money to organizations that speak out against Israel. Name Some one. stick out more than others. Name one. Uh, like Human Rights Watch? Is yeah. that who you're talking about? Yeah, I think that's who you're talking about. On the donations, but is there any connection there? I'm going to concentrate on the fact that I think the lesson he learned in that horrific year of 1944 was that if you hide your true identity, you can gain power, you can survive. Power. He thinks that Soros learned from hiding from the Nazis that hiding your identity was a way to gain power. Sure. For it's more of the in trying to imply that he hid so that he could send Jews off to gas chambers or some mm, shit. Yep, great. And those who are seen as disadvantaged or handicapped and don't hide their identity, well, they... So that's the end of the clip. The, what he says is they die, is what he says. Um, so the next clip, we're not going to play. The next one is 10 minutes long. Oh, wow. We're not going to play that. And I will say, right, normally I like to play all these all the way through. And, and you know, whenever we do uh, all the videos we do, we usually start from the beginning and you know, we, we play until we get tired of them. Yeah. Uh, but we try not to I try not to cut clips out because I don't want to be accused of the very thing that Glenn does so often, which is taking things out of context and and distorting what's there. Um, so, uh, but this, there's a whole lot of nothing. There's a whole lot of nothing in that 10 minutes. Okay. It's literally just so much of the same stuff we've heard off. So I'll, I'll recap a little bit what was in that video, just so you can know it's the same shit we've already heard already. He talks a little bit about Soros's history. He goes through just his, basically his bio, mentions that he went to the London School of Economics. He oh, says- the famous Marxist yeah. school, yeah. Well, he does point out that Friedrich Hayek went there and calls yeah. Hayek a freedom fighter, okay. which I, <laughs> I found astonishingly okay. fun. Uh, yeah, that famous racist who praised South Africa in the 80s. What a freedom fighter he was. Yep, big um, time. He, he does, of course, bring up the Fabian Society when he's talking about that. Why wouldn't he? And he tries to do this little bullshit analyzing of the Fabian window. Apparently, there's some window that one of the, the Fabians designed, which is somewhere there at the London School of Economics. And it's like two members of the Fabian Society reshaping the world. They're like, it's like the world is on a thing and it's hot and they're hammering it. Um, and his, it was sort of funny. He was saying they're trying to heat up the world to cause problems so that they can remold it. It's not what they intended with the window. It's just mm. like, oh, remaking the world. We're, we're causing change. Um... Uh, he did talks about the Open Society Institute for a little bit. He says that open society means the world having a vote in Congress. Going back to that earlier quote that he took out of context and yep, same doesn't nonsense. mean what he was talking about, right? New World Order type stuff. Um, he points out that uh, OSI uh, donated $14 million to uh, the American Constitution Society, of which I am a member. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... It's a progressive version of the Federalist Society. Okay. It's just a group for lawyers and law students who 
think that Federalist Society are all dicks, and I mean, we're right about it. So that's all it is. And we are correct. Uh, so he actually says something like, and that sounds great, except that it's a progressive legal group. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, he goes back to the collapsing currencies thing, and um, this is where I asked you how many do you think he's going to say. He actually only listed four this time. Oh, wow. He listed England, Russia, Malaysia, and Georgia. Okay. And before you ask, yes, he does cite the anti-Semitic prime minister of Malaysia again, Dr. Again, Mahathir. Cool, yep. He does make sure to do ask. that. Don't worry about it. He's not going to okay, leave that right, off. All right, all right. Uh, he goes back into the God pl- complex stuff. He reads the same quotes we've heard before. He plays the same quote about uh, subversive activity being fun uh, that we've heard already. So uh, just retreading the same old stuff again. He does. I did find this funny. He said that um, Soros believes that Fox News is an oppressive regime and America is a repressive regime. I did find that to be funny. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Uh, and then just decline of the U.S. dollar, same mm, shit, yeah, different, same different shit, day, different day yeah. more cool. scaring and screaming about inflation. He goes back into the five steps again that we've gotten, I don't know how many times at this point. And then the only other thing I found funny, he says, quote, the guy who founded SDS without saying the guy's name again. <laughs> so at no point in this broadcast did he ever say that guy's name Great. because he knew if they looked him up like I did, or I, I shouldn't give myself credit. That was, uh, I, don't, I forget. It was uh, Rolling, maybe it was Media Matters, Rolling Stone. I don't remember who it was that uh, found that information uh, that they'd see what a load of bullshit it was that Glenn was talking about. So that's that entire video, that 10 minutes that we're just going to skip. Now, let's get back into it with the fourth segment from uh, the final day of Puppet Master. We're talking about George Soros. It is all- You talking about George Soros? You talking about you? No, I got a, you know, I got a goodwill hunting with me? Fine. All there. It is all so well financed, so deeply ingrained that no one, no one even notices it. And it is easy to dismiss, but please do not. The mainstream media does not expose it, and I know why. Because it doesn't exist. Why? Look at the reach. Look at what you're up against. What? After my number two guy had a meeting with George oh Soros' number two again? guy about, what, four weeks ago, and they tried to convince me to shut up with a threat. I just love that story every time he brings every it up. Time. It's so boring. <laughs> Gosh. At best, Glenn, at best, that was not a threat. That was mocking you. And it was a very good, it was a very good mocking. Yeah. It was not a threat, though. He turns around and drops a million dollars. If it happened, which, again, I do not think it did at all. <laughs> if I threatened media matters who coincidentally joins a boycott against me and my advertisers the very same day how did what a coincidence join but they're boycott. not alone media matters move on.org tides foundation van jones boycott what? uh jim how wallace a boycott who gets sciu and afl cio are involved as well who i don't know they probably got asked hey do you think you should boycott glenn black and they're like yeah I mean, like, some Why of them, not? like... Uh, None media- of those people okay. were watching Glenn Beck anyway. Okay, well, okay, Media Matters, it was literally their job to watch Glenn Beck every day, so they already hated Glenn Beck. Yeah, also, that so was they're part not of what boycotting they then, are they? Right, right. Uh, Jim Wallace, he's that uh, religious guy that ran that... I don't remember what the name of his newspaper the was. Uh, one, yeah. yeah. it's been a couple weeks. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. Van Jones, I don't know. I don't know where that's from. Van Jones, 
had plenty of reason to hate Glenn Beck already. Sure. Maybe because Glenn Beck spent the entire first year Always of the Obama administration him. smearing him. No, well, we talked about this before. Glenn, one yeah. of Glenn Beck's big things was getting Van Jones to resign by pointing out shit from his past. Like, just the fact that he was a radical progressive in his youth and got him to resign. Shit like that. It's like... All these people have independent reasons for hating you. And the fact that you were going to go on TV and do this very anti-Semitic program about an old Jew is just another reason to boycott you. But trust me, Glenn, they were boycotting you already. Who gets money from George Soros? Soros, 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 Soros. No connections that we know of here. Is that a coincidence? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, not, not in the same, like, they all, I mean, you were doing the same thing, and they, they all said, fuck that guy at the same time, but, mm -hmm. like, yeah. Look, I know that soon, soon, the, the gates of hell are going to be opened up. I did this for a reason. Not for ratings, certainly. There's nothing more sexy than... You know, Absolutely George Soros. Absolutely why he did it. Yeah. I did it because I believe it. And I believe you need to know the only way to stop it is the sunlight. We could argue oh, about this for days. I could present hours of evidence. Love it. But any Amazing. thinking honest American can see smoke and fire. I'm not going to convince those that are asleep or cry ignorance or bury their heads or are just playing left, right, Republican, Democrat politics. Ask yourself. There's that pretending to be above the left-right paradigm oh, yeah, you love yeah. so always, much. Always, always. Yep. This. Could I put on three hours of television with nothing but lies and smear and keep my job against the most powerful man and the most powerful groups in the world? Benedict? Could he? No. In fact, not. <laughs> well, I mean, if all those lies and smears were that that person was the most powerful person in the universe and that those organizations were the most powerful, then yes, then yes, he absolutely could. But as it turns out, we know he did lose his job not long after yep, this. not long after. <laughs> Couldn't be done. How do I know? Because I saw Orson Welles try to do it to William Randolph Hearst. I know Orson Welles. I... You, sir, <laughs> do not know Orson Welles. I know Orson Welles. I served with Orson Welles. Orson Welles was a friend of mine. And Glenn, you are no Orson Welles. What's, his, what's he saying Orson Welles tried to do He's to trying to compare himself to Orson Welles. But what this is the grandiosity. This is him trying to define himself with someone who is far greater than he will ever hope to be. I'm confused by the connection he's trying to make. What Citizen Kane. No, I know, but like, what does he? What does he think the relation to this and Citizen Kane is? Oh, oh, let me continue the clip. Okay. Read about his life. He died alone, broke, and very fat. So yes, Glenn will also die that way, but that doesn't mean you have any <laughs> significant similarities to Orson Welles, right? <laughs> That's like, well, Orson Welles was right-handed. I am also right-handed. I am like Orson Welles. <laughs> also, Orson Welles, famous communist. <laughs> like, oh, it's outstanding. Famously, it's so famously got incredibly mad at Elia Kazan for having snitched on uh, people. Yes, so. yes. In the end, you go against that kind of power and you will be destroyed. I get it. I've made my choice. This is Citizen Kane. But mine is not a movie. 
I wish it were. My three-hour epic has been just thing. to do this. Please, this is the go room. and find the truth <laughs> yourself. Do not take my word for any of it. No tricks, no Hollywood. Him in his own words. It is time to take a stand. What this boils down to is a man with a lifetime of being consistent, of stating his goals and destroying currencies and countries, and then stating his goal that America and her currency is next. Well, we know he wasn't lying the last four times. We know he wasn't lying when he said he wanted to be invisible. So there he says four times. Yep, four, there you go. <laughs> How many? If we, we've gotten four, we've gotten five. I'm pretty I've sure we've gotten seven, six. Yeah. And then he's just listed off numerous different countries. It's great. It's not. It boils down to this. Which is a bigger leap of faith? That he is still telling the truth and executing his plan exactly the same way he has done four other times? Or this time he's lying about it? And this is the exception. So he's presenting a very clear false dichotomy. Yeah, that's and that those a clear, are not the only two yeah. options. The other option is you're full of shit, Glenn. I think that's probably America, there. you have to decide because your children, my children's freedom and the republic is at stake. We have done so much research for these shows. We have we have gone through he's just holding everything of paper. for that. these shows. I mean, <laughs> reams of paperwork. Reams you don't think the attorneys went through all of this stuff? No, I do not think the attorneys went through Well, here's the reasons. thing. Here's the thing. Well, let me play a couple more, a couple more seconds, then we'll okay. talk. These shows are posted online at glenbeck.com and theblaze.com. The transcripts, everything is there. The transcript of the CBS interview where he... So, what he said there. Uh, you said you don't think it has been vetted by an attorney. I... Don't agree with you. Okay. I think this has been vetted by an attorney. You think this is the crazy stuff they allowed in? No, I think he has said basically nothing oh, this yeah, entire three days. He has really said so little that anyone could argue is defamatory. Well, uh, there, there are clear, obvious places where he has just bullshitted, where he has taken things out of context. Where he's, But what he's done is, for the most part, he hasn't... Uh, you know, like said, uh, George Soros stabbed somebody in the neck in 1987, right? Yeah, he hasn't there's said no that. specifics. He's played George Soros' words and then ascribed an obvious bullshit interpretation of what George Soros is saying. And I think that's the part where attorneys have definitely reviewed it and said, well, okay, okay, Glenn, you can't say he stabbed that person in the neck in 1987. You can say... Here, it sounds to me like George Soros is saying that he would like to have stabbed someone in the neck in 1987. That's what you can do because you're giving an opinion then, and that's not necessarily actionable, allegedly, right? Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. Yes, it's that sort of thing. Because I, I, we're going to get to it in, in uh, the next video, but I was thinking when I was going through all this, what actual facts has he given this entire I mean, I guess you can count. Hey, George he Soros said, is a billionaire. He, he said the word "velvet revolution." Technically, that's a fact, but yeah. he didn't actually provide any information. He didn't tie any of the things to one another. He just said a bunch of things that are entirely separate, or have tangential connections, or uh, you know, are not at all what he's describing them as, and then created inferences that there's something else entirely. So there's very little of actual fact he's provided at all, and I think that's the safe harbor he's tried to create and that the lawyers probably tried to create yeah, for him. Honestly. He expresses how he has no regrets of being told to confiscate the property of his own people. Pretend that he wasn't one of them. There's this book, 
This is a must read. David Horowitz, Richard Poe, does an amazing job of explaining how the yeah, radical the left has bad. infiltrated the Democratic Party. When you read this... So, yes, the book by the vile uh, anti-Muslim hate monger and the multi-level marketing guru. Yeah, it's the same one that he referenced before. <laughs> I remember. By the way, I went to Richard Poe's Twitter earlier today to oh, try and see why? what he's on about now. And he's pushing... Um, What's the, uh, the fuck, that one of the dipshit Republican candidates for mayor in New York City? The guy who wears the red hat. I can't remember what his name uh, is. He's just, he's pushing that guy. Yeah, yeah the, you know, the one who's going to lose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that guy, he's pushing him. <laughs> That's what he's doing these days. As far Good. as I can tell, he has done absolutely nothing since that book except Great. the occasional talk about that book. I think he might have had one other, but it's like this guy is such a literally how many books did he do about fucking pyramid scheme, fucking multi-level marketing shit? Uh, that's you can do your a guy. Lot. That's literally that's And David fucking Horowitz, publisher mm -hmm. of Jihad Watch. Jesus. This it will you will understand. Richard Poe also wrote a special piece that is being sent out of my free email newsletter tomorrow at glennbeck.com. It shows an example of how George Soros interfered in Kenya in 2007 in the elections and how that interference played a role in creating complete chaos there. Unfortunately, I was not able to find that. Oh, no. <laughs> I did a couple of searches and nothing showed up. I might be able to find it in the future, in which case I'd be so happy. Or if one of our listeners finds it and sends yeah, send it to it me. To but uh, yeah, yeah, I really wanted to read that really, really bad, really, really bad. I want you to also do this. You don't listen to anybody, and you just don't listen to what somebody sells, somebody says about something, and and take my word for it or his word for it. That was a fucked up sentence. Yep. That was just bad. It was just bad. Look for the original documents <laughs> and did. the original reports. <laughs> I did. This is a document from the Committee of Un-American Activities, 1961. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. It features an essay explaining the radicals' top-down, bottom-up really? theory. Could they not this was why never... <laughs> do they have to do three shows on this? <laughs> I don't really? Know. Like, I don't if you were going to do any of it, like, two shows is fine. We haven't... There's, there's there has nothing. been nothing new in this episode. No, there hasn't. And to be fair, there was nothing in any... I, you remember how excited I got when he finally got to check us yeah. It was a total fucking dodge well, bullshit at least faint. This, this was at least introduced for the first time in the second episode. But now yes. this is this is now just a repetition of what he said yesterday. But but, but look, he, uh, this is great. What he's what he's about to say about it. It's wonderful. Okay. All right. Never supposed to be released. It was. We found it on microfilm in the public library. I'm going to put a copy out of it Probably at uh, theblaze.com or glenbeck.com. You'll see it, but go to your library, see if you can get a microfilm copy of it. Okay, I've talked about this before. He did not need to go get it no. on microfilm at a library. It's available for free. For, for, it was available stores. for free on the internet at the time. It was available from the John Birch Society. You could have gotten it on Amazon. It has been published in print since 1962 as and not a shot was fired or is fired i forget which way it is um yep. this also because i was so desperate for things to look into um during all this watching I, I did a little bit digging on background um and found that basically nobody gives a fuck about this document even the communists don't give a fuck about this document nobody if you google jan kozak who's the author of it um all you get are results for a czechoslovakian uh football coach cool. soccer coach that's all Great. you get 
you don't get anything. I said, okay, there has to be some communists out there who care about it. Uh, so I went to Revolution Books in Berkeley, their website, which is the communist bookstore in Berkeley. Uh, I searched their website. They don't have it for sale. They don't even have it listed. Uh, nobody gave a shit about this thing then, and nobody gave a shit about it now. I read the whole thing again, and I'm just like, it's some dude writing, didn't we do great when we did that coup a couple years ago? Didn't we yeah. do really great with that? Wasn't that awesome? Ah, we did a good job. We did a good job. That's all it is. Not it's, doing a violent revolution, yeah. Generally. It's fucking nothing. Well, yeah, like, he, the thing is, he just keeps, he's, all it is, is like, talking about well from the top we did all this stuff and like one of the things he brings up is like uh the ministry of industry controlled by the communists discovered a black market textile ring which allowed us to clamp down on the bourgeoisie and then like the workers with their support in the streets and all this and that they let the people know about the true cause of freedom and blah, 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 blah. it's just that kind of shit but this this whole program going back to that very first video we watched where he did the whole upside down inside out round and round it all just goes back to Glenn and everyone who watches or listens to him has no idea what basic community organizing principles are. Because, like, that that's all that is. It's just basic community organizing. Like, you try to influence people at the top because they have control to change policies. Yeah. And you try and to get grassroots support the at the bottom. Yeah. So those people will then influence the top, you know, because yep. the bottom pushes up against the top. And people will see at the top that, oh, people on the bottom actually want this. So we should do this. It's just basic community organizing and yep. he's so in a tizzy about it and finally don't read just one point of view please read the arguments decide for yourself you've got george soros on an open society um you have uh, you know, this, guy this one from george soros you have hidden, alchemy of finance all these books you have so many books on george soros that you can read here's the thing he keeps saying check his own words Look at what he's said, yeah. implying that George Soros is putting this all out in the open. At the same time, he's saying George Soros is hiding and not telling exactly. anyone about any yeah. of this. It does not jive. It does not make sense. Schroding is Soros. Yourself. <laughs> Read his point of view. Arm yourself with information. There is no, there is no harm in reading what the man has to say because it exposes him more than anything else. Because he's hidden. Yeah, but there are other crucial steps that I'd ask you to take. And I'll outline those next. After the break. All right. All right, Benedict, we're, we're almost, we How have many four more, more videos. Oh, four more videos? But three of them are only two minutes long. Okay. How long is so, the last one? The last one is two minutes and something. Yeah. So we're, we're so they're almost all there. only two minutes long? No, this, this next one is not. But then they're all short after that. Okay. How long is the next one? This, this, why are you so concerned about this? I, let me I'm run hot. the program. It's hot. I want to turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> We're getting there. I promise. Just let's, let's get how right back into it. How long is it? Tell me how Bennett, long it is. If we do this, we could be done. It's Tell me seven how long minutes. It okay. It's seven minutes. All right. If we get this Put out of the way, we could speed. be done with Glenn Beck forever. Put it on double speed. Oh, <laughs> no. By the way, the intro montage, that the in-between in commercial montage coming back in, is like cheesecake shots of Glenn intercut with a him giving a speech at the, Was at the uh, Washington Monument and him giving a speech at the Lincoln Memorial. This guy is just all about himself. That's all he gives a fuck about. And Gandhi was cut into it. <laughs> right. Um, I often 
wonder how I will be remembered um, Not well. in uh, history. I think I know. Unfortunately, I think I know the answer to that. Ooh, that is the only moment of this entire three days I felt was real. That little uh, chuckle in there, I think I know. Because he does know. He absolutely does know, and I think it fucking hurts him so much. I really think that's the only thing that makes his heart just tingle. Makes something shake inside of there. That dead husk really does hurt him. But if I had my choice... I would like to be remembered for a few things. Taking down Question with boldness. Okay. Hold to the truth and speak without fear. Mm -hmm. okay. If you can only learn one thing from this show, like I hope it is that. Poem. God. Find <laughs> out for you. No, there wasn't enough racism in yeah. those three things for it to be a Kipling poem. Yourself. There are so many people that are laying a smoke screen down so you don't know what's going on. You must do your own homework because only when you do... Do you remember your teacher I used to say, I show your work, mm -hmm. show your work. Why? You didn't, Glenn. Because if she you didn't show you could your work. See, you could see the work, then she knew you knew it. Why was that important? I don't know for me because I never had to use math a day in my life. But a lot of people use math all the time. You had to know. Show your work. Do your own homework. This week we have focused on George Soros. Has anyone challenged a single fact yes. with one of their own? Yes. Yeah. I'm playing him in his own words. And what are they? Literally every night after his program was done, Media Matters did a full write-up of all the things that Good were stuff. wrong. Or not all, but some of the things it's that also, were very yeah, obviously I mean, if wrong. You're, if you're on broadcast television and don't have any guests, it's very difficult for people to challenge your facts. Yep, yep. Do they call me... All kinds. Have the non-existent voices that aren't on my program challenged me with any facts? Uh, yes, actually they have, yep. Yeah, well, they're not here, so you're not here either. Of names. I think the most popular is going to be, I, if I had to guess, their attack is going to be that I'm an anti-Semite, which does not even make any sense. First of all, no one's a bigger defender of the Jews in Israel than me. Name them on television. <sighs> I'll walk down, I tell you what, George, you and I will walk down the streets of Israel together. Let's go to Jerusalem, you and me. Let's see which one of us is more popular. Okay. So that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit, is the inherent anti-Semitism of demanding that you have the right, and he's going to get into this, you know, I'm going to let it play a little bit. I'm going to let it play a little okay. bit, and we'll get, we'll get back to this. We'll, we'll, we'll bring it back around. Doesn't make sense. George Soros is a Jewish-born atheist who is anti-Israel. So please. Now... When I talk to you... So, he's an atheist who's mm. anti-Israel. Um, there's so much there. But what I wanted to bring up first is the inherent anti-Semitism of demanding that you have the right to define the Jews. Yeah. Which most evangelicals and the right in the United States adhere to. Uh, they certainly think that their definition of the Jews is the right one. Uh, and it is Israel. That's mm -hmm. their definition. Israel and supporters of Israel. That's who is the Jews. Specifically Everybody else, no. Conservative, hyper-ideological Israel. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's it's really fucked up. It's really fucking fucked up. Because A there, first he, he does the atheist thing that he did there, implying yeah. that George Soros can't be Jewish. Because 
because he's not religious. And, you know, that I, there's a whole thing that's been going on uh, with people that we are tangentially connected to um, in the sort of atheist communities that we know about, uh, you know, Eli Bosnick of uh, Skating Atheist and God Awful Movies talked about what is Jewish identity and whether it's inherently religious or not. Um, and, you know, the thing is, I'm not Jewish. I don't know a ton about it, but I know I've listened to a lot of people talk about this particular issue recently. And the fact that, you know, whether or not you're religious, you're still Jewish, right? It doesn't matter whether you're religious, yeah. you're still Jewish. And whether or not he was religious, the Nazis still would have fucking killed him. So it really doesn't fucking matter. He's still fucking Jewish. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole atheism part, uh, go fuck yourself, Glenn Beck. The entire right, you know, I have to get my hackles up when somebody comes after that shit because I'm an atheist. Uh, we're a fucking community. Don't you fucking come for us, you stupid bitch. Um, and the other part of it being, right, the you have to support Israel or you're not a Jew. Uh, that whole thing that obviously is implied in there. And of course, he's spent the majority of the beginning part of this program trying to imply that George Soros is, in fact, a hater of the Jews. Um, and he has sort of spun it from the very first episode, day one. We got a little bit of talk about this sort of stuff where Glenn sort of implied, well, he doesn't support very many Jewish causes. Mm -hmm. And now we're all the way to the other side of it where it's turned around to he hates Israel. Um, I, Why wouldn't I? I took another gander at the 990s. Mm -hmm. I found literally dozens of Jewish causes just on the one that I pulled up and skimmed a few pages of. I didn't even have to look that hard. Uh, I mentioned Yeshiva University before. There are dozens of individual synagogues that got money for various projects and scholarships and various different things. Uh, there is a number. I just went to the J page. There's a bunch of organizations that just start with Jews. And there's a whole bunch of them. There's all sorts of Jewish organizations that he supports. But... George Soros is not a supporter of the government of Israel for the very same reasons that so many of us are opposed to the tyrannical anti-human rights government of Israel. That's not being anti-Semitic. That's not being against the Jews because the government of Israel is not the Jews as much as Glenn and his evangelical dickbags want to make it so because they think they have the right to define Jews by their terms. Yeah. And that's that's what I that. had to say. And uh, and I just hit ten thousand steps on my All Fitbit right, there you go. with waving my arms around. That. All right, good. There we go. I should I should get more. Yeah, that did it for me. <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. About what you need to do in order to be prepared for hard times that I believe are coming. If they're not, make fun of me in two years. Oh, from we now. will make we fun did. of me all yeah, you want. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, I also enjoyed that line because, yeah, Glenn, none of this happened and we are making fun of you. And we have your permission to make fun of you. It's wonderful. Please just listen to the possibility. When I say be prepared for the things that are coming as a result of all these progressive Republican and Democratic policies, I'm called a fearmonger. Well, it doesn't address whether or not those things are happening. Progressive they can call Republican me whatever policies. they want. I don't care. Here is what is coming. Inflation, higher interest rates, higher oh. energy prices, higher food prices. So prepare. I'll say it again. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That was a nice sounding slogan, but what does that even mean? Nothing. The only thing we have to fear Actually, it, it very much it, did it, mean something. Yeah, it meant, meant something very specific. Like if you it run the banks, the banks would, will yeah. run out of money. And then, yeah, that was it. Had a very specific meaning. 
It's good. By the way, uh, I wanted to point out, the uh, reason I paused, I wanted to point out that on the screen behind him, he just had up a black screen with the white letters, you need to prepare. And it looked fucking ominous. Good fear stuff. is being unprepared. When you're prepared, you don't fear. But more and more propaganda is coming in the days and weeks ahead because they're intentionally putting us into a pressure cooker. They yes, are intentionally putting us on here. the desk. And the more things heat up and get out of control, the more the government will be forced to clamp down. Oh, <laughs> you no. watch Star Wars. What? Have you watched Why Star is Wars? Everything, uh, they, they can't find any because historical analogies. Because they're inherently analogies. uncreative. Yeah. Because there are no historical analogies in the real world for the type of shit they're talking about. And also, Benedict, Star Wars is not the correct analogy for a world where things are heating up and the government clamps down. No. He could have come up with a bunch of different movies for that. Star Wars, that's just not the case. The Galactic War is already going when Episode Four begins. That's the real Star Wars. I know this 2010 and the prequels were out, but come on. We all know. But yeah, it doesn't even fit what he's talking about. It's bullshit. They're already telling you things that are not true. Like deflation is coming, not inflation. Well, that might be true in the housing market, but have you gone to the grocery store? We can see that with our own eyes. Go to the grocery store. Pump the gas. Notice the price. Has it gone up? Why has it gone up? Ugh. Inflation. Swallows. They're deflating. They are collapsing the dollar in a controlled way. You can see these things are not true. These now, things are not what I believe, true. Yeah, that people right. are yep. waking up in waves. The first wave happened really with a tea party. It happened about a year and a half ago. But I sense another wave of people waking up is coming. And we have to be ready to welcome them. There are more unemployed. There will be more people that are struggling as groceries go up much, much more. I showed you the predicted inflation prices on certain items. This is from the, what was it, the American Inflation Institute or something. I don't know if any of this is true. 77. No, he does not know if any of it is true. No, By the way, it is not. I tried again. As far as I can tell, the American Inflation Institute did not and does not exist. Cool. I can find nothing referencing an American Inflation Institute. $77 for a can of coffee. Will that happen? I don't know. We called several experts to verify. You think this is true? They said no, they don't think that's true because they just think people won't have any money to be able to afford okay. $77 yeah, yeah. coffee. Okay. So it might stop at $40, but nobody will be able to buy it. Name an expert then, Glenn. The only way that happened is he yelled across the studio, Hey, Greg, you're an expert in inflation, right? It, it didn't happen. That absolutely didn't happen. There's no way he talked to a fucking expert and they gave some bullshit answer like that. They called up a hack and said, hey, can you say you said this so I can say it on air? Oh, At yeah. the most, that's what they did. I don't know. I just do know that everything in your grocery store and at the gas pump will cost more soon. So what to do? All wrong. Have faith. Have hope in the truth and charity in your heart. You must be a shelter for others. Just like when George Soros was growing up in Hungary, there were those hostile forces inside of the government and outside of the government. You must be a, a shelter for others. You can't panic. I've told you before about the Titanic. 
when the ship hit that iceberg, many of the passengers stayed in their cabins. Well, pretty soon, the, the water was coming up into their rooms. I don't think this is actual footage I, of the Titanic. I think he just got that from the movie. Water I'm started coming into their sure rooms. Before got, they knew it, it, it was be up true, to their ankles. Then it was waist high. That is what's happening to America. And as it goes up floor by floor, as this thing starts to... More people come out onto the deck. More people will begin to wake up. You have to be educated so you can quickly educate them and then help them while they are freaking out. You won't be panicking because you're not a fearmonger. I'm not a fearmonger. We're just the yes, ones being is. prepared. In the coming. What is Glenn's audience prepared for? Uh, needing. Certainly not a, certainly not a black president. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't prepared for that because they did freak out. I don't know what he could imagine he's preparing anyone for. It's insane. Coming weeks and the coming months. I'm going to give you several action plans because I, I am not going to spend the time. I'm not going to get any more people into this boat. So it is time for us now to think, okay, how do we, when, when people wake up, how do we get other people to help us build a bigger life raft? Next year, next year. By the way, that, um, that wake up language, getting people to wake up. Uh, very common among far right wing circles. Mm -hmm. Just I mean, oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's very always talking. Wake it, isn't up, it? sheeple! Wake yeah, up, yeah. sheeple! Yeah, yeah, it's very conspiracy theory driven. Yeah, we're not going to just change ourselves. We're going to change the world. We're going to build life rafts for the rest of the world. I'm going to help you help your neighbors. Big, tremendous, powerful. Great things are coming. I wanted to pause and say dicks right at the right <laughs> point, but I got, I got my timing wrong. Coming. In the meantime, I want you to think about this pressure cooker that is coming. In more ways than one. And I'll explain that next. Yeah. And that's the end of that video. Benedict, we're on the other side. We just have three short videos right, to let's go. let's go. This next one. Um, I will just tell you right up front, it is a commercial that never names a product. Okay, that's that it. is what it is, but but you will know what the product is. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm giving free gifts to the John Stewart God. <laughs> Inflation is coming. I miss John so Stewart. So now, how do you prepare for it? Well, you stock up on food. I know how crazy this is they are going to paint me for this but that's okay do you even recognize what this is my grandparents went through the great depression mm. and because of that they knew cooker. what tough times were all about they never wanted to experience it again so this is a pressure cooker they prepared see they didn't have the option of going to the stores and getting all the food and everything it wasn't the same what they did is they would go out into the fields and they would and then they would can their own food and they'd store it in jars like this. How many of us have done this? How many of us even do this? But it's not necessary. How many of us do canning? Well, I mean, <laughs> half of Portland. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but Benedict, you know what the product is. Yeah. You know what the product yeah, is. Yeah, it's the survival pack. As, yes, yeah. yes, it's exactly that. This entire, this little segment here um, is just advertising. And it's, it's, I mean, we can think back to a lot of stuff he said. It's all pimping 
Gold, for one thing. Um, Gold Line was a sponsor of his at this time. Uh, that was the one we talked about that uh, had multiple lawsuits against it and eventually ended up being sold to a different company. Um, and, of course, uh, we talked, I think we played a video early on uh, in our Glenn Beck investigation uh, of foodinsurance.com. Oh, yeah. When he was pimping foodinsurance.com. And uh, just a few days after this broadcast, Media Matters put up uh, an article titled, Are Beck and Hannity's foodinsurance.com endorsements violating Fox News policy? Mm. I tend to think that they were because Beck and Sean Hannity, it turns out, uh, had foodinsurance.com as one of the sponsors of their radio program. Uh, as far as I can tell, foodinsurance.com wasn't sponsoring the, uh, the Fox News show, uh, but this right here, talking for, you know, multiple minutes on the show, as well as the multiple other times he's fear-mongered over inflation and how much food is going to cost, this is very much trying to steer people over to his radio show who listen to buy foodinsurance.com. It's just a continuing ad for this bullshit dehydrated oh, food yeah. product. Necessarily canning your food that you have to. How many of us forgot the lessons that we were taught by our parents and our grandparents? They taught us not to live in debt. My grandparents had a ton of food canned in the basement, and so did my family. My mom used to can all summer long. And they, my parents, I think they just did it on purpose. They put it in the spookiest part of the basement. All the food would be there. And my, my mom would go, oh, go get some corn. I'd be like, no, mom, don't make me go to the basement. To his credit, at least that wasn't Kermit that yeah. time. We ran out of something in the kitchen. Mom or my grandma would say, go run downstairs and get it. Send you down to the basement to get a canned bottle of corn. That would be a bottle of corn, mm. not a canned It was the most frightening bottle. thing she would ever ask me to do. I mean, I always thought there were bodies and dead zombies lurking down there, you know what I mean? But that was the grocery store in the old days when we were growing up. I'm probably the last generation that really remembers that, a trip to the basement. And I called my Aunt Joanne. Hi, Aunt Joanne and Uncle Dave. I called my Aunt Joanne. Hi, Aunt Joanne. <laughs> yeah. Just the other day, she said, I just finished canning for the season. Oh She's been God, doing it all summer. Up. She's still doing it. My family, we are not canning. Purchasing. I was promised that this was nearly over. over. Now we're talking about canning. You don't want to run and just again. put all your money out there. Yeah. So we did it in little bits and, and, bits and, and, and uh, drabs. And, it's we went and we got the food. Turn it off. I, now we I'm have a year's supply. <laughs> if nothing happens, that's cool. I'll tell you, as a dad, there's nothing that has been more stress relieving than me sitting down on the steps, and I never saw this coming. I never thought this would happen. I sat on the steps, and I looked at that year's worth of food, that accomplishment, and I actually, I know this isn't a surprise, I actually wept out of relief. Oh, I thought this I could lose my job, and my kids are going to be fine. That doesn't name the product. Yeah. You might not lose your job. Maybe everything I say is coming doesn't happen. That's okay. That's all right. Maybe somebody down the street loses their job. You can be a shelter and a comfort for others, for your family. This is what we have to do. First of all, teach yourself. Read the original sources. Read the truth. Don't just take my word for it. I Find did. out for yourself. I did. If they make fun of you, fine. Prepare to be a shelter and a teacher for others because they will come. And be who you were born to be. Yes, I can. Because I am. I am worthy. I'm competent. I'm smart enough to do it. At this point, I really think he's just talking to himself. Yeah. He's trying to give himself a I'm, little pep I'm talk on air. I'm not listening. So. Do these things. 
Get yourself out of debt. Have the essentials that you need, lots of them, on your shelf. And in two years, if nothing has happened, and then you really want, I mean, really, I mean this sincerely. We can all get together and you can all mock me. It's okay. Right now, why don't you store that? We can all just get together and you can just mock me. It's okay. I would love to. See, I have his Where permission. I have his permission. Mocking up for a rainy day. Let's wait for two years. Just wait. We don't need it. If everything's fine, mock me all you yeah. want. All right, we will. Please. Just do your own homework. Listen to your gut. And consider sanity for just a moment. Remember the oh, voice you really of your brain. Taking your own advice on that last one, Glenn. And that's going out to commercial. All that was that was an infomercial for gold, for storable food, and for all of the fucking financial company advertisers he had at the time. At the time, he had let's see, Rosalind Capital, Merit Financial, uh, American Advisors Group. Goldline, of course, we've mentioned a number of times. Guardian First Funding Group. Uh, Smith and Nephew, I think that's a law firm. Uh, Rosalind Capital again. Uh, and, oh, this was one I found funny. Um, Colace. It's a stool software. Nice. That's all it is. And uh, the, the one I really liked. Neil Diamond Dreams. Cool. <laughs> I don't think you needed to <laughs> make me listen to that video. I think that was an no, unnecessary but... one. But it drives home a point that all he is is a shill for bullshit well, products. Well, yeah, but we knew that. Kevin, it's I didn't need to listen ratings. to another three minutes of that to know that. We could have just said that. I it would have taken that. 10 seconds. But Benedict, we got the last two videos here. Last two videos. We're almost done. Or They're two minutes long. We could stop now. Two minutes long. Two minutes right. long. We'll be Fine. done with Glenn Fine. Beck Fine, hurry up. Stop interrupting him. Just let him finish. What was that? Last night... My wife, Tanya, and I were laying in bed, and Ugh, she says to me, Hey, you've just been nominated for Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And I said, nope. go to sleep. I woke up in the morning. Although, to be fair, in 2010, his influence cannot be understated. No, and, you know, we all know the whole Hitler was on the cover of Time Magazine. Yeah, it's, not about being, it's not about being the best person of the year. It's about being the most important person of the that's year. True. Morning, and I found out that it was true. Sorry, honey. Sarah Palin was also uh, nominated. You got to be kidding me. Sarah Palin uh, actually deserves. Think of the no. impact no, she that this woman has made, going around the country, rallying people to oh, get yes. behind think true of the Sarah conservative Palin candidates. Impact. She made a huge, huge <laughs> difference this year. I noticed that there was one face that was missing. Actually, millions of facing, uh, uh, millions of faces that were missing. It was the Tea Partiers. The Tea Partiers should actually be this year's winner. I'm not a fan. I hate it when they nominate groups of people and they're like, oh, look, it's a person. It's not a back. person, it's a group. Kermit's back. They are the true winners. I mean, look at the difference that you have made. Here are some of Time's nominees Barack Obama, Lady Gaga, Steve Jobs, the unemployed worker, um, David Koch, Charles Koch, and Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, uh -huh. two also huge BP CEO Tony yeah. Hayward. Oh, and the communist leader of China, Hu Jintao. So, and then, of course, there's me, because you always have to have a bad guy on the list. I like that he recognizes he is the bad guy of that list. Yeah. <laughs> For the record, uh, Hu Jintao was on there because he was drastically liberalizing China's social policies at the time, uh, which was a very important move that uh, then, you know, Xi Jinping then reversed, yep. which is, is not great. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know what I mean? You have to. Oh, Zuckerberg won in 2010. Maybe they That's didn't fun. mention the Tea Party because they mentioned Koch brothers. 
They're nominated. They're supposedly the driving monetary force behind the Tea Party movement. Really? But if that's, why wouldn't you? Well, it's very funny that he I, dismisses I, that offhand, but then has done a three-episode arc on George I Soros. did want to talk about that for a moment. Okay, you have because... 20 seconds. All right, I have 20 seconds. So uh, it is true that the Koch brothers did fund the majority of the you know, Tea Party. They, they were the um, inspirational force that got it going in the sense that uh, the organizations that began it that started you know, yelling all this shit online and getting old boomers who didn't know how Facebook worked to go out and, you know, walk around with their poorly spelled signs. It was Coke money and stuff like that. But the anger existed. It was yeah. separate. And it's a lot, it's a thing I want to bring up because we often, you know, the fucking right every time they yell, oh, Soros paid protesters, right? That kind of shit. The same thing gets thrown at us about that kind of shit. Obviously, it's false. Um, but there is a similar connection, not to the extent that the Koch brothers and the Tea Party had. There was much more direct control and uh, financing and, and stuff there than any Soros connection to any sort of protest ever. Uh, but, you know, it is there is a sense like the anger was there and people just needed a guiding force to get them out onto the streets because there were a lot of angry, angry racists out there who wanted to go out and yell about taxes, even though there were no tax increases that were going to affect yep. them. And this was all a load of horseshit and yell about imaginary things about sovereignty and uh, their rights and have all these, you know, at the time in the U S a bunch of fucking Republican States passed all these bullshit bills that just said, our state has all the rights of a state that the federal government isn't allowed to take under the constitution. They were passing these preemptive Obama can't be a dictator laws. Mm. That were just screaming about shit that was wasn't real. Um, all that anger and bullshit was there already. All the Koch brothers had to do was, you know, toss some money at it and light a match. Um, so I, I did just want to bring that up a little bit. I would say that Wouldn't twenty you put seconds. This guy up. That was more than twenty seconds, and this is why Fine. we can't have an hour long episode because you say I say twenty Fine. seconds and you take a minute. Well, you know what? Now maybe the maybe the episode's two hours long now. Maybe they're two maybe hours I long quit. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't hurt me. I mean, he's, you know what I'm saying? He's holding up a picture of Soros. It again shows how much the mainstream media and the left just doesn't get it. Time magazine said that the unemployed American was the one that made the difference in this election cycle. I'd like to see their evidence on that. I mean, it is the idea that things aren't working. But four in ten of the voters supported the ideas of the Tea Party. Four in ten. But That's if they mention enough. that, then it looks like it might That's be a big 40%. movement. And the president's policies had something to do with the outcome, and we can't. Yeah, and I'm not sure where he got that from. I mean, definitely there was high Republican turnout uh, in the 2010 midterm elections. Um, the highest approval rating among the general populace that the Tea Party ever got was 32 percent uh, towards the end of 2010, right around the time of that election. Um, eh, if yeah, I could see it being around 40 percent of the electorate, but that's just saying you know they're all 40 percent Republicans showed out. The mainstream media and the left continue not to get it. Know that you deserve the accolades, but you won't get the accolades. Believe me, I'm not going to win. I'm not writing a accepted speech on this one. Just know who you are and know that you are the person of the year. More importantly, soon on this program, we're going to start building the people of the decade. Oh, how bad is that? Bad. Did he get fired so before he could do that? It's... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Uh, so, Benedict, we're on the Finally, final Finally, play it. I don't final need any video. instruction. Just go. All right. All right. We'll go right into it. 
are really two ways to look at what I do um, every day here. You can either say, as my critics say, that I'm a fear monger, or you can yep. say that I am empowering true. you with information. Mm. Nope, not true. I, um, and that's again, what information has he provided? Yeah, I none. can't think of any off the top of my head that he's actually say. provided. He's just made, he's named things and then tried to make inferences between things that are inappropriate. That's all he's done for these entire three days. I hate the fact that some people believe that I'm a fear monger. I just say what I believe. He literally spent two, two segments ago screaming about inflation. You need to store food yep. because inflation is going to get you. Inflation is coming for your white women. If that's what I do. And I believe bad things are coming. I believe that we can get past them, but we have to be prepared. I've told you over and over again, I hope I'm wrong. No, you don't. But FDR was wrong. Well, he knows he he's wrong. Because on some level, he knows he's full of shit. Is not being prepared. You can't put together this entire program with all the distortion and bullshit we've seen and not know that you're full yeah. of shit. So he he does know. He does know. But I think where it comes what it comes down to is he believes in the cause enough. I, I go back and forth on whether I think you know all these people that we read and we talk about believe what they say or not. And with Glenn, I tend to think what it comes down to is. He believes in the cause enough that he thinks that it's worth it to lie about it to get support for the cause. I think, th I think that's where he comes down on it. Paired and not knowing what's really happening. But progressives, progressives, they'll say I'm a fear monger, but the, and they want you to believe that everything is fine, and that's what they'll tell you. Watch. This is a rich country. We, we have plenty of money. Uh -huh. We've been able to... Uh, create or save three and a half million jobs. Will the Federal, Federal Reserve, Reserve monetize this debt? The Federal Reserve will not monetize the debt. That legislation, according to the economists, has saved or created 3.6 million jobs. We have turned this economy around. Who's that guy? I think Joe we Biden. see entities that are fundamentally sound financially and uh, withstand some of the disaster scenarios. This has got nothing to do with George Soros. You can believe that. Nope. And I hope they're right. It's just fear mongering. I hope they're right. You know better. You know the truth. You know, on jobs. That's literally, he just said, they call me a fear monger and then went right into fear mongering. Yep. <laughs> it's a quick turnaround real on quick. the Glenn Beck program. Yep, breakneck turn. Really? Unemployment rate unchanged, 9.6% last night. They told us it would never go over eight. Food prices are rising. You don't believe me? Go shopping. Okay. Wall Street Journal now says an uh, So his screen says food prices, inflationary tide coming. Cool. Inflationary tide is beginning to ripple through the supermarkets and the restaurant. They're still telling you that they're worried about deflation. Don't worry about inflation. Check the price of gas. We're not going to monetize the debt. That was under oath. Really? The Fed just said that they will print more money to buy as much treasury debt in the next eight months as the government will issue. So... He finally gave me a tiny little tidbit I could look up. And, Benedict, I know you're going to hate me, but I had to. Um, the term monetizing the debt does not refer to the Fed buying back, buying back Treasury debt. Um, what monetizing the debt means is using money creation as a permanent source of financing for government spending. So... They didn't do that. No. Um, he's, he tried to take a single instance of the Fed using, I think it's quantitative easing. I don't remember the terms enough, but they bought $800 billion in treasuries, um, which puts more currency out into the economy. Um, that's not monetizing the debt. It means something different to economists, but he knows his listeners don't know about that kind of stuff, 
and what Barney Frank was saying in front of Congress. So he's just going to accuse him of lying and say, ah, look, got him. Fannie and Freddie, Barney Frank. Together, they now have twice as many foreclosed homes as they did this time yeah. last year. Yeah, America, we have a historic add. choice in front of us. Do we open our eyes or do we keep um, burying our heads in the sand? Do we end the book called America or do we just turn the page and begin a new chapter? I've told you, 40 day and 40 night challenge, please take this. People, we can't be. So Benedict, I told you there's a tiny tidbit of fun at the very mm. end. And that little tidbit is the 40 day and 40 night mm. challenge. This was a thing apparently Glenn Beck was doing back at the time, trying to convince all of his listeners to take this 40 day and 40 night challenge. Are you going to do it? Are you going to be on Glenn Beck's team? Uh, because it's all about making people feel like they're on the inside. They're in the in group. Oh, yeah. They're part of the team. And this 40 day and 40 night challenge is really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, he has like this blueprint image that he uses for it. It's this big, it looks like a blueprint. That's all I can describe it as. Um, and I'm guessing this is the challenge because this is what it says on it. Step one, Benedict. One, underneath step one, it then has one, two, three, four. One, does God exist? Oh. Two, do I know him? <laughs> three, who am I to him? Four, pray on my knees once a day. Not all of those are tasks. <laughs> So how do you put them under step? Those are not steps. Yeah. Uh, some of those are not tasks. No. Uh, step two, Benedict. Number one. Again, it's a step, and then there are a bunch of things underneath it. It goes back to what you talked about with the five-step process for Soros. Yeah. He's trying to cram everything yeah. in. It's great. Step two, number one. Do <laughs> the hard AI. things. <laughs> number two. Except we may all ask, have I not yet done enough for my country? <laughs> That sentence makes no sense. Step three, are you not entertained? Step four, fight the gladiators. <laughs> Step five, <laughs> assassinate the Roman emperor after he stabbed you with a knife. <laughs> Number three under step two, do little things for family. Charity begins at home. Step three, number one, accept that we will have to pay for what we have done and spent. Step number three, two, number one, sacrifice your enemies to the sky god. Step two. <laughs> Number two, we may not be able to have the house, the car, or retirement we want. Okay. What? This is steps. Number three, Benedict, it says tithe 10%. Glenn Beck is telling his fucking listeners to tithe. To whom? And I think the implication is to Glenn yeah, Beck. Yeah, maybe. Who, this is a challenge put out by him. Who else can he be saying to tithe to? I don't know. It's a great question. And then step four. Stop all dishonesty in our lives, including the lies we tell ourselves. And Glenn Beck, once again, not following his own advice. But Benedict, that's not where it ends. Oh, okay. That's not where the tidbit of fun ends about the 40 Days and 40 Nights Challenge. Because if you Google 40 Days and 40 Nights Challenge, the first entry on Google and almost every single one after that it's about not masturbating for Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. It's a Lent thing. There was a whole movie about it. I think there was a movie and called the Josh 40 Days. Yeah, exactly. The Josh Hartnett movie, 40 Days and 40, 40, days yeah, and 40 yeah, yeah, yeah. Nights. Exactly. That's, Which... that's all I think of when I think of that. 
The only thing I remember from that movie is like him looking like he's going to explode, like that meme of the swole kid in class who had the vein yeah. popping out on his head. That's the only thing I, I remember, remember about that movie. Her and him and the love but, interest <laughs> just like blowing on each other. Like that's yeah, all I yeah. remember from that movie. That so, was such a bad yeah. movie, but it was on like nonstop play because I guess it was super cheap for the cable channels to play. Uh, but yes, the first entry is Urban Dictionary with the no jacket off challenge. Good. And it's it's just a bunch. It's a long list of that over well, and over and over hope again. Well, let Beck also did that. <laughs> Benedict, that's where the fun comes if you had, in. If you had to guess, what do you think the, the Rotten Tomatoes score of 40 Days and 40 Nights is? Oh, I have no idea. Guess. 20? 39. 20%? 39. 39. Than, hey, I wasn't that far off. Surprise, it's not a 40. Hey, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> On that note, that, that, time to quit. <laughs> well, we have uh, we have uh, about thirty okay. seconds left, Benedict. Thirty seconds, and we'll finally be done with Glenn Beck forever. Um, not pleased. Can't, Maggie Gyllenhaal was in that movie, by the way. Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Be the people who are angry. We can't be those people. They got that covered. We have to be people who say, thank goodness you're here. We have to be the ones who count on faith, hope, and charity from each other. From each other. We don't need a billionaire. To activate it, we activate it in ourselves. Hmm. And that. That's it. That is the end of the program. Fuck. Benedict, how. Te- I, I told you at the beginning, there was nothing new, wasn't no. there? No. There was so not a single a whole goddamn episode? thing new. Why did we do a whole episode? <laughs> we could have just said that and then chatted shit for 20 minutes, and then that would have been an look, episode. Because, uh, look, what we do on this show, it's not just showing how their arguments are wrong. I think this showing that they don't have anything to say makes equally as much of an impact as when I, you know, spend 45 minutes deeply fact checking one little detail of a sentence in one of the books we read. What is this? Like, Oh, (laughs) we already listened to this and it's all, it's still wrong. It is. It's all still wrong. So Benedict, that is the end of our contact with Glenn Beck. I promise you, I will not bring him back up for at least six months. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> at the end of all this, you know, do you agree on uh, with me? I, I think the one thing that I always go back to, right? And I, I like Kevin. To talk I feel about, like I've been in a me? hostage situation for the last three I, months. I will I agree know. with anything you say. I will sign papers that say I did absolutely anything. Do you agree with me on his motivations, that he believes in the cause enough that he thinks that lying and bullshitting and deluding all of his followers is worth I it to get guess. them to believe I think he just cause? wants money, honestly. I really, like... I think there's a lot of money motivations in there. I, re- I think there's a lot of money motivations. Like, we've heard about all the sponsorship stuff, that whole clip that was basically just an infomercial, because the people who listen to his radio show watch his TV show as well, mm-hmm. so they're going to see that, and then they're going to listen to him the next day on the radio and hear the food insurance and the gold line commercials and all the other stuff. That's all that is. And inflation's coming. Glenn told me, got to make sure I'm stocked up. Uh, that That's all it goes to, it all comes down to. That's what it's all about. So, Benedict, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. I'm not going to keep you any longer. You. I'm not going to keep you any longer. God bless you. We'll, we'll, if we need to talk about Glenn more in the future, we will. But I think we've had more than enough for now. more than enough. And Benedict is going to kill me if I keep him on anymore. So <laughs> thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com for as little as $2 an episode. 
become patrons of the show, which is fun. You get stuff. Mm, you do. Like shows. Sometimes. Extra. Extra shows. Extra episodes. When we re- record if, them. Yes, when Benedict isn't gone for a month and has a terrible schedule yep. that makes things. We're, we're doing more patron only bonus episodes, patrons. I promise. Yep, we are. We're doing Don't it come. soon. I promise. I'm making him do it. Uh, uh, shout outs on the show, all that fun stuff. Uh, and as always, we have to give a shout out to our wonderful and amazing patrons Benjamin Carlisle, Dexter, Allison, C. David, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Big Easy Blasphemy. Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, AJ Brantley, Taro Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Balls Watterson. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time, boop a doop a doop. Goodbye. Ring, 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 ring. Goodbye. Banana boop a doop a doop. Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.